Welcome inside the Legends Lounge, where baseball VIPs are hanging out and talking about their life in the game. Okay, this is a first for us, O, and we have young, in shape dudes joining us sometimes inside the lounge, but they're always former. MLB players right I don't even know if this player that's about to join us is allowed inside the lounge I'll let you decide it's I mean if we carded him we'd say it's not a 21 plus club we'd say wait you're not a former big leaguer that is not on the resume we sent him to a different section that's for darn sure I mean at least a different section yeah he he can't he can't get the VIP table yet perhaps even though he's a VIP human but he's close but he's got years left in the career talking about Jose Trevino starting catcher all-star catcher this season for the New York Yankees who's just so good and and so relevant for some of the topics that we wanted to hit, which includes the Heart and Hustle Award nomination, but also this kicking off Hispanic Heritage Month, just a cool tie-in and, and a guy that's worth chatting with and yeah. who I think is, I don't want to say overlooked because he's the New York Yankees starting catcher and he's an all-star, but he's someone that's worth an interview, right? Who's emerged this season with the New York Yankees and become a big part of the game of baseball. So I'm really glad we've, taking the time to speak with someone like this and said, you know what? Screw the rules this week, bro. We're talking to a current player because we got access to him. Yeah, (laughs) screw the legend part, or I'll call him a living legend when I bring him Right, right, right. Because he's what he's doing. Right, the legend, living legend. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in. And also, but but just to to tie it all together, too, and uh, we'll get into this after we speak to Jose Trevino as well for some of O's personal story, but we are kicking off Hispanic Heritage Month, and we'll definitely get to that with Jose as well. Yeah, I, you know what? And uh, the key word you said, I think it's going to be phenomenal uh, that I'm looking forward to is the relevance. You know, how relevant this kid is right now as far as current playing, you know, getting on the inside of a of a major league catcher and what he thinks about, but also the fact that you know, he is Hispanic. The fact that the Yankees are who they are. So there's a lot of uh, things that I'm excited to, you know, to chat with this kid. By the way, I've heard he's very articulate and and engaging. So, you know, looking forward to it. Perfect. So then I'm going to go to security and let him know. Just don't worry about (laughs) it. It's a current player. It doesn't say former yet, but he's got all-star on the resume. Jose Trevino, welcome inside the lounge. Let's go get him. Okay, we're going to switch it up. We're generally chatting with legends on this show. Hall of Famers. (laughs) Yeah. But we are welcoming a current big leaguer into the lounge. And I'm going to say a legend in his own right. One of the best clubs (laughs) in baseball he's playing for. Fan favorite for authenticity, pure love of the game. So many awards probably by the end of the season for him to keep track of. But I'll mention one where he's a candidate for the Heart and Hustle Award. That's voted on by former players. That's run by the MLB Players Alumni Association. So I know yes. that one means a lot to the current players because they're being honored by not just their peers, but the all-time great. So 2022 all-star catcher Jose Trevino in the lounge. Jose, how's life? And, and how much does it mean, let's just kick that off, for you 
to be honored by former big leaguers that just appreciate the way that you're going about business on a daily basis. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, it's an honor. It's huge for me, uh, not only for myself, but for my family and for the Yankees. You know, um, I think I, I, I didn't know much about it the past couple of years. I kind of saw, I, I saw one of my buddies, uh, Kiner Falefa, get it. And I kind of looked into it and I was like, man, this is voted on by players and former players. So, you know, it, it, it goes to show that people are uh, people are watching and they're always watching. And uh, I'm just glad I could represent, you know, the players, the Yankees and my family. Outstanding job. Man. I'm really enjoying watching you play, obviously, in, in my role of covering uh, predominantly the AL East and the battle, as, as I call it, the AL Beast. And now you're getting yeah. to to view it firsthand, but I'm going to go back a little further uh, back in, in, in your Texas days, man, because you know, you're a good old Corpus Christi kid, you know, Oral Roberts. I'm sure you're very proud of, of, of that great, you know, school institution as an alum and, and also a baseball program. Um, you know, walk us back to, to getting to this point. Cause man, you're in a storied yeah. team. You come from a storied state uh, quite, quite the, 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 the trail for you yeah no um i mean it's been it's been a long road you know a lot of people might be like oh this was an overnight success but i that nobody saw the hard work that i was doing and like really and truly I'm, I'm i'm glad i'm getting you know the accolades and all that stuff but deep down inside i want to win a world series but in order for me to do that i gotta be a a, a good player i gotta i gotta help a team win uh and that started with myself just working hard um, and I, I got taught that from being from South Texas, you kind of have that, that grit where it's like, nothing is given to you. Everything is worked for, and nobody can take anything away from you that you earned. So for me, I took that to heart wherever I went, whether that was in Spokane, Washington, whether that was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Frisco, Texas, and now in New York, I'll hold that on my heart forever. Um, and I, I, I think just like, it's been a lot of hard work. It's been a lot of attention to detail. Um, and it's, it's been a long road. Like it really has. Like, I know, I feel like I, I feel like I haven't been in the big leagues for a long time, but the grind, the grind will get to you and, and, and the attention to detail will get to you. Um, but I, I just think I'm grateful for the opportunities that I had in Texas. I always tell everybody this. I love my time in Texas. I loved my teammates. I loved all the coaches, the front office, the staff, everybody there. I got, I got nothing but good things to say about everybody there. Um, and I, I, I think, I think it's at, at some point, yeah, I am representing the New York Yankees, but then again, I'm representing the people before too, the people that mm -hmm. in Texas that had a hand in this, uh, that helped me along the way. So I just think that being from like coming from the, the range organization to the New York Yankees organization, you know, I just want to represent the people that have helped me, uh, well. And you are playing the perfect position for the hard work. I mean, for example, when we talk about some of the great catchers in the game, especially for their work with the pitching staff and defensively and how much that means to them as you know, first overall priority, it's rare when I would for me to say, or maybe never to speak to a teammate and say, Hey, what's this guy about? What does he do? It's not like they're going, Oh, he just shows up to the park. He's probably the last yeah. one here. You know, he doesn't really talk to anyone much. He's just one of those natural guys who can just show up and take a swing and be amazing. So it's really none of that that you're getting from a catcher. So wondering for you, what's the average day like 
for Jose Trevino. How much studying is going on? I mean, you are not a a starter who's thinking about his next prank in the dugout. <laughs> I've, no, hey. I've got. I mean, I've got. There it is. Oh, yeah, the my, playbook. It's, my, it's like, like the football it's my book right here. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's an all day thing, honestly. Like, um, it even goes in, in into the night sometimes. Like, I it, it depends on what I can what I can get lost on in the in the in the scouting department area. Uh, I like to look at hitters. I like to look at, you know, I like to look at everything. I love baseball. I love watching baseball. I love playing baseball. So um, I enjoy it, you know, and whether that's waking up at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., getting some breakfast and then going over the hitters. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's my first priority is I, I, I want to be, be able to serve the pitcher on the mound that night. The the pitcher that I'm going to face, I'll, I'll get to him. I'll, I'll do my scouting report on him, but I want to make sure that the pitcher on the mound is comfortable with with what I'm calling or with what we're seeing, uh, maybe some of the tendencies, maybe something he's been doing lately, you know, and uh, and video is a good thing for that. But, like, I'll start 9, 9 10 a.m. Uh, I'll get up, you know, I'll call my family, uh, have breakfast, and then I'll just start – I'll start going over hitters. Wow. I'll start going over hitters and whether we have a meeting that day or we have anything like that. Usually the bus is at 1, 1.30, and by that time I'm already done with my full scouting report. Uh, mm-hmm. And if not, I get to the field and I'll do a little bit more of it. Uh, I'll, I'll top it off or I'll finish it. And and then uh, after that, I mean, it's, it's game time. It's all about what we're going to do. And then we get the lineup from the other team. And then we have, we have our, our scouting report meetings and we go over that. Um, and then after the game, uh, whether we did something good or bad, uh, that next day's pitcher, I'm already kind of working on his stuff at night. So it, it really is like I, I could take y'all through the whole day, but it's it's a little it's it's not crazy detailed and I'm not crazy like stuck on it. But I, I like to be prepared. I love to be prepared. One of the reasons that I chose not to be a catcher as a player was, is that, you know, and, and going back to what Scotty B was alluding to, Jose, was that the catcher and it's funny you you know you showed the the you know the playbook you know for football mm-hmm. uh they're not the center they're the quarterback of a baseball yeah. team a lot of people get confused yeah. thinking that the pitcher is the quarterback it's the <laughs> it's the catcher that's the quarterback yeah. it's not the guy is bending down like in front of the quarterback uh th- listen your view is very important i also want to mix the and i love the way you just broke that down because people don't realize mm-hmm. that it's a almost 24 7 job especially for a catcher the pitcher star, starter, you know, has the situation where he's at once every five days. The hitters, you can't get too high or too low that are, you know, the everyday hitters. The catcher yeah. has to be on this everyday scenario. Yeah. I had one nuance to that. You're in a, we're in a, a, a team that, that I, unlike you, because you came from Texas and you, your trek was through the Texas minor leagues. My trek was to the Yankee minor leagues, finally got to the big leagues for a little bit and got traded off, but proudly, you know, got up there for my first, you know, times. And whatever the story of catchers of Yankees really, and I'm sure you, you know, Jorge Posada, you know, a left, mm-hmm. former Latino, mm-hmm. and Thurman Munson. How, how yeah. much now that you've been there have you gotten into that, those captain lores of, of their yeah. year? No, definitely. Uh, I actually just recently met uh, Jorge the other day. Uh, and I, I kind of was like, whew, like I shook his hand and I was like, man, this is, <laughs> this is crazy. Like, dude, you are like, a legend and he and and the good thing about Jorge he was super open with me like he was talking to me about you know I'm not going to get into details but we talked a little bit 
good like two three minute conversation because I had to I had to run all over the the clubhouse. But I mean, it was it, it's huge, man. Like it's it's different, you know. It's a guy that's won. It's a guy that's that's been there, done that. You know, he can actually say like, yeah, I've been there, done that. I've won a World Series. I've been in the playoffs. I've done this. I've gone through a whole season doing this. You know, and and just to be able to pick his brain a little bit, I mean, was was awesome. And I'm sure I'm sure I'll I'll I'll, I'll be able to do it more as he comes around more. Um, but it, it's exciting just to be kind of in the conversation. Yogi, uh, Thurman Munson, Jorge. I mean, you go down the list of guys that were that were catchers with the Yankees, all stars with the Yankees. Like it's it's a big thing, and I take a lot of pride in that. So then, on that topic, and being you know the podcast that we're coming from, because we can basically talk to anybody, the, the former big league legends living in the game still. Um, former player that you want to meet or even take it one step further. If I could give you say a dream mentor where you're just, you know, man, getting a phone honestly, call once a week. I know I, I ooh, once a week, man. Well, I, I met my, I met one of my, I mean, I'm going to, I've met a legend. I met a hero, like hero to me growing up. I met Derek Jeter, mm. you know, and that guy was like, you know, as a kid growing up, everybody, I feel like everybody at the time was like, I want to be like Derek Jeter. Uh, and I finally got to meet him, had a conversation with him, great conversation with him. Um, a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge there. Uh, but man, a phone call from him every week would be <laughs> would be sweet. Posada would be sweet. That would be a good one too. Um, um, man, I, I, I when I first started catching, Yachty was one of the guys that I look up to, and I finally I finally got to meet him the other day as well. Uh, when we were in St. Louis and I, 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 I just turned around and told him like, man, everything you've done for the game, um, you know, I appreciate. And I hope when, when people, when you leave this game, when you retire, I hope people can say, Hey man, like one of the closest things you'll get is like a player, like the hockey mask, like everything I did it all backwards hat, everything just like Yachty, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm hoping people are like, Hey man, this guy has a little bit of Yachty in him, you know, like whether it's the way I wear my mask and my hat behind my head, like, I, I don't care. Uh, but I, but I told Yachty, like, I was like, man, I'm, I'm thankful for you, man, because like, that's the guy that I looked at. I was like, man, this guy's a stud and I want to, I want to mimic my game after this guy. Cause he's, you know, one of the great. Well, growing up in Texas, were you, were you a Pudge Rodriguez fan too? Yeah. 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 Pudge. I, I mean, I had plenty of conversations with Pudge too. Um, great conversations with Pudge spring training there in the season. Um, anytime he'd come around the clubhouse, uh, we had some good, good conversations. That's important, though. We're, we're going over who do, who do you want to meet or speak with? And, oh, he's got the list already. Man, <laughs> he's doing pretty good. He's got Jeter, yeah. you know, Check available. He's got Jose pretty much, you know, bought in that. Uh, now I'm going to call Jose. I mean, um, not Jose, uh, Jorge. You know, I'll call Jorge after the, the, this show and tell him you're going to get a call every week from Jose Trevino. I don't know. If you know <laughs> I, hey, I would do be. it. I would do it. Honestly, I would. I would love. <laughs> so would he. Every, he's, he's a good if guy. one time every every week, one time every week, if me and Jorge Posada could go have coffee somewhere right. and just talk for an hour, I would. I, I would he love is. That. I mean, when you think about encapsulating what his career did, the pitchers that he medaled, the hitting yeah. that he did. He was a damn yeah. good switch hitting catcher. Yeah. And yep. the way he handled the situation of New York City yeah. being a Yankee, because that's the other yeah. angle that, and I'm going to say, you know, you can defer. I mean, he deferred. I'm going to tell you who he probably deferred to. He deferred to a Derek Jeter because 
Jeter got most of the attention. Then Alex came in, you know, A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, uh, even a Bernie Williams or some of the you know, mm-hmm. star pitchers. With you, and I'm going to go here, the behemoth, you know, playing around guys like, obviously, Aaron Judge and, you know, greater than life, you know, Giancarlo Stanton, where you're able to kind of like, okay, I can do my gig, I can do my job and and let them, you know, take all the pressures of, of what is day in, day in and day out of, of being a Yankee in New York City. Yeah. Man, I mean, it's impressive. Uh, first off, it's impressive to to watch Aaron Judge play baseball. Um, I've never experienced firsthand, like in front of me, a guy, you know, go out there every day, play defense, run the bases, runs the bases well. Uh, of course, he hits, but like handles his business, shows up, you know, does everything. Uh, I've never experienced that firsthand. And like Aaron judges that. Uh, and I, and I, I don't mean disrespect to any players that I played with before. Cause I played with a ton of great players, but Aaron judge is special about, about how he goes about his business, about how he does his thing. It's, it's impressive to watch. And, and like you said, the way he handles New York, it's impressive, man. It's uh, I, I've never experienced it. And I'm still super new here. Like I've, I'm still, you know, getting, getting to know my environment around me, but like the way judge goes about it, man, it's impressive. It's, it's first class um, watching Stanton go about it too, as well. Like all these guys have their special thing. You know what it is? You know what I mean? Like they go up there and they handle their business and it's every day they come in day in and day out, handling their business, going about their business in a professional way. Uh, and it, 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 for me, being able to take a step back and look at them, kind of learn from them, I think that's that's huge. I was when I first got to New York, I was nervous, man. I was like, "All right, like people talk about New York, people, you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, you know." And that was the thing. Like, I always wanted to be a New York Yankee. Like, always, always. I I, I tell I would tell people all the time, like before I retire, I need to play in pinstripes. I need to. And now that I'm here, you know, I'm. I don't want to let this opportunity slip away. And it turned from, I want to play in pinstripes. So I want to win in pinstripes. So like, I want to bring home a world series in pinstripes. That would mean a lot to me. How neat was it to be in the all-star game representing the New York Yankees? That was, I mean, one of a kind, man. Like no one, I, I, I now sit back on it and someone told me, they're like, you know, nobody can ever take your name away from, all-star catcher, Jose Trevino, New York Yankee. Nobody. There's there's nothing anybody can do to take that away from me. And, I mean, I I take a lot of pride in that. Like, that's that's big time because I'm representing New York. I'm representing the Yankees. I'm representing myself. I'm representing my last name, and I'm representing the place where I'm from. You know, people people will know – people know who I am back where I'm from, you know, and I take a lot of pride in that of them knowing and me being able to represent them on a daily basis on a stage like New York. And we talk to hall of famers frequently on this show. That that's one that sticks with you. Whenever you announce someone or you're with someone or like, I'm doing a, a game broadcast with someone it's hey Scotty Brown along with the hall of famer, along with Famer-er. the that's former huge. all-star, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, yeah. that's it. You get yeah. that's why sometimes like I'll, I'll be on with someone even you just get one like you got one former all star boom yeah, that's man. like a major link on the career lifetime resume that no one can ever take away from you 
which means mm-hmm. a ton, not just now, but even, you know, it, the rest of your life, it's, it's going yeah. to be part of your introduction. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. On, Cause I'm thinking about when he's describing um, judge and saying, yeah. all right, this is a guy who, who can hit a million homers. He can run the bases as well as anyone. He can play a mean outfield, even center field. If I'm thinking about, if I'm closing my eyes and thinking about what that player looks like, I'm pro- size wise, I'm probably thinking more of someone that that looks like Trout. And I, I mean this because this is a game that I always tell youngsters that's open to all sizes. Yeah. And that's important. So what the player you just described is six seven. Because sometimes we go the other way too, where yeah. we're like, hey, this guy's, you know, this guy's Jose Altuve. But the point is, yeah. you just described a player who's six seven who's doing all of that. So welcome to all sizes, which is important <laughs> too. Yeah. Like if you're five eight, no, that's you're huge. probably not playing in the NBA. Okay. Yeah. Bugsy Bogues For is sure. one of a billion. Yeah. That's and that's the good thing about our sport. Like that's why I love baseball. Because like it it comes in all different shapes and sizes, but like the heart that you have to bring to that game to facing a guy who's, you know, six, seven to a guy compared to five, nine, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's all over and it's, and it, and it takes a lot of courage. First of all, it takes a lot of courage to step out there in front of 40,000 people and perform, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I, I, I think that's what people don't get. Like sometimes, yeah, the crowd does play a factor. Like you can feel it. You can feel it in your heart. You can feel it in your stomach. You know, you, you, you get that feeling where it's like, all right, let's go. It's, it's go time. You know, the lights are on. Let's roll. But, like, to go out there and, and be in front of everybody, like, this is what I'm bringing today. And whether you like it or not, I'm here. I'm in front of you, and I'm going to perform today. You know, and I, I, think that's, I think that's something that people overlook a lot, where they're like, oh, yeah, the crowd was huge. Be like, take into consideration what the player was going through, man. That player was probably, like, super hyper focused and ready and and prepared for that opportunity and like people I, it takes it takes some time like people will tell you people playing the big league will tell you like sometimes it takes a little time for guys to be like all right i'm ready now like the, the crowd isn't there you know what i mean or like i'm i'm focused i can be hyper focused now i'm not hearing anything the crowd's talking about like anything like that it takes a little time for some guys to do that I'll tell you what, the tunnel vision at the major league level of a major, any sport it, it is so imperative. People don't realize. Yes. And, then, and when you're yes. there, you people, it's a great feeling. Jose, I yeah. know you get it where yeah. you literally do not hear things yeah. and people go like, what yeah. do you mean the crowd? No, I'm exactly. so no. incensed yep. that I don't hear it. I am like yeah. so tunnel vision. Listen, but I want to go on a double route. Cause I, you know, we're so thankful to have you for, for the period of time we have you, you mentioned, and it's something curious to me, uh, being Cuban born, you know, Camaro six Miami raised proud, you know, mm-hmm. for uh, the Marlins and that whole you know thing and representing not just major league baseball, but my family, but my heritage. You know, you're yeah. you're a Corpus Christi, you're a South Texas guy. Obviously, the, the Hispanic heritage is very strong. Uh, and in baseball, my goodness, the Latinos are are very, yeah. very prominent. Um, yeah. What your take on that and, and, and how how you uh, represent that and, and, and assimilate that? Yeah, I mean, you know, my his, my Hispanic heritage is is huge for me because when I go back home, you know, it's passion. It's base, It's baseball twenty four seven over there in Corpus Christi. Like, it could be December first. There's a baseball <laughs> tournament. It could be close to Christmas, and and you know, there's a there's a base. I mean, I do it. I have a baseball tournament now 
during Christmas, like almost Christmas time, because the weather is nice over there all the time, you know? And I, I think, I, I think, like I said earlier, man, the passion that I gained from my community growing up, I tell people this all the time. I remember I would tell people in my community all the time, like, I'm going to be a major league baseball player. I'd tell them all the time. And people would know, I don't, I remember a few people telling me like, Hey, you need to pick something else. I remember who they are. I, I know who they are, but <laughs> don't, but, don't forget but, those guys. <laughs> no, I, I know who they are, but 99% of people in my community were like, yes, go do it. Chase your dreams, be passionate about it and have fun with it. I don't, I don't, I don't remember being over the age of, I would say 13, 14, and somebody was like, hey, you need to do something else. Below that, yeah, people were like, hey, like, I don't know. But after that, people were like, go do it. Go do it. Represent you. Represent your family. Represent where you're from. And, and, and I, take, I take a lot of pride in that. Like, my, my shoes for the All-Star game had 361 all over it. That's my area code back home. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I did it to represent my, the city that I'm from, the area that I'm from, South Texas. But I also did it so that the kids in that area can see I'm not going to forget where I came from. And I was once in your shoes. So you see me here, you need to backtrack a little bit to where I was when, when I was your age. And you can ask, like, I'm open to all the kids in South Texas, high school baseball in South Texas, I think is some of the best baseball that you're going to find based off of passion, the fans, you know, the people, the community, all that. But I want to let them know, like, I'm at this big stage, but I'm not going to forget where I came from ever. But I want them to know, like, it, it's not easy, especially being where we're from. Right. But, but that's, what, that's what makes it it's what makes it all worth it in the end. I think that's what makes it all worth it in the end, because it's, it's not we're overcoming anything. You know, we're, we're everybody's dealt their set of cards and you do with what you want with them. But I think there is a basically what I what I want to do is I want to leave a trail I don't want I don't want people to be like okay here it is do this no I want to leave a trail like yeah I went I went to I went to St. John Paul High School in Corpus Christi Texas I played four years there here's my trail back here's my trail to Oklahoma for three years I played I I could have went pro I said no I got a call I said no I need to go develop I need to go develop in college if I want to play professional baseball went to college for three years at Oral Roberts and then from there boom you're ready. Yeah. You're ready. You know, but I want to let kids know, like, if you're not getting any looks, I wasn't either, <laughs> but I, pl- but I played, but I went out there. Um, and, and I always got told at a young age, like, if you're good, they're going to find you. They'll find you if you're good. You don't need to, you don't need to pay for this and pay for that. If you're good, they will find you. So, I mean, I, I, I take that to heart and I, I believe there, there's going to be a, I, I think there's going to be a class of, of, kids from Corpus Christi coming up here pretty soon. I mean, the baseball down there is awesome. I keep up all the time. Um, but I'm excited for the future. And we're, I mean, I'm doing things to try to get South Texas involved in offseason with baseball and just to kind of like bring that community a little bit closer and get some attention over there to where scouts and colleges are like, uh, we should probably go check out South Texas. Or if they're like that Jose Trevino kid, where's he from? California? No, Florida? No, he's from Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay, what part? South Texas. Go there. Go check it out. 
Well put, Jose Trevino. By the way, I'm glad you clarified the 361, homie, because, you know, as a former first baseman, I was thinking, wait a second, does that mean ground ball to first and I throw to the shortstop and then the pitcher covers, so it's a 361 low play? I would make sure yeah. that we, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, we got it. We're, we're representing yeah. Corpus Christi 361, yeah. baby. Listen, yes, man, sir. we're going to let you go. And at the end of every show, I have a thing called, you're going to love it. You're going to love the name of it. It's got to be, it just dawned on me. It's been going on for a year. No, because this is the first Jose that we've had on the show, exactly. I believe. And the name the name, the name, of this little segment is called No Way Jose. And that is, you know, like, what are you? I can't believe that happened. Some weird thing so far in your career, minor league, major league, oh. and even college, I don't care, that happened to you or you saw that you go, I can't believe, you know, around we were- the, the game of baseball. <laughs> No way, Jose. Come on, give it to me, baby. Man, I'm th- I, I've got a few, but I'm going to say. A clean one. Say, You're still playing, I'm, so I'm we gonna, don't want yeah, you to get yeah, your yeah. <laughs> We were in Hickory, Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, oh, man, I love that. That was a good, great group of guys. Great group of dudes, great teammates, great community. I loved Hickory. Um, and they had a uh, kiss the cow night. So. <laughs> this is A-ball? Um, this is A-ball. Okay. And they basically said, like, hey, if you come out and if you kiss the cow, like, people are going to – they'll donate money, you know, to a charity. So sure. I was like, oh, dude, I'm all in. Donating money to a charity? Like, all right, what do I got to do? And they're like, well, you got to kiss the cow. And I'm like, I got to kiss the cow. Is anybody else kissing the cow? And they're like, I don't think anybody else is kissing the cow. But if we can get a group of guys to do it, then people in the stands will be like, oh, here's – if so-and-so does it, I'll give them this amount of money. Long story short, uh, the night comes and I'm like, all right, the big old cow on the field. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to kiss this cow. Ended up kissing a cow. And I don't remember the amount of money that was given, but I know it was going to a good cause. So, yeah. I, I, <laughs> How wet was this kiss, though? It was, I, I made sure. So I made sure to like wipe its nose. <laughs> I'm sure to wipe its nose right here. So I just kiss the round oh top of its nose, and I'm out. So I'm I not think, telling. I, honestly, honestly, I think there are pictures of it. No I would way, have to dude. look, but I, I think there's. I know one guy that might have it because I think I'm it was not, in the paper the next day. Jose, I'm not telling Jorito Posada this story because it might it might no. hurt the weekly phone call. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the minor league grind story. Though, where it's it like, is the, the bus rides, the food, the cow yeah. kissing. Weird stuff. I also, I also, I also stood up on a on a 12 hour bus ride for 400. dollars Stood up the whole way. Never sat. Stood for 12 hours from Lakewood. It was like 12 hours, 11, 12 hours. Lakewood to Hickory, North Carolina. Also a ball. You were the Muhammad Ali of, of, of traveling in the minor leagues and just <laughs> through the whole fight, the 12 rounds. I, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, well, it was, it was, it was, uh, the one kid was like, I bet you won't do it. And I was like, yeah. dude, four years in the minor I'm like, league. I'm Are like, you kidding me? I got you. I said, all right, I got you. That was rent, man. I was renting a couple meals. <laughs> hey you're you're crouching nine innings a day you're like i can handle this better than most of you i'm tougher that was good that's a good he followed your restroom make sure you wouldn't sit down <laughs> yeah. wow that's good stuff hey that's that is 
why it's called that No Way Jose. Is, that one is yeah. good. No Jose, way. absolutely. Brother, good job. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Really appreciate it. And like we mentioned at the top, congrats on even the nominations for all the awards yeah. like you mentioned, like Heart I'm and I'm a bigger fan of this kid. Learn now, more bro. about those. Yeah, likewise, yeah. likewise. Appreciate Keep it. doing your thing, okay? Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, this is a super impressive individual. I also personally always am a huge catcher fan because yeah, they are the quarterbacks of the sport and they have a ton of work to do during the game and homework to do as Jose documented before and after the game as well. And so this was just an absolute pleasure. Phenomenal. And then you also tie in the types of talent that he's spending his time with on a daily basis right now, including whatever you want to call him, a top three player in our sport and maybe the number one player, maybe number two, Otani, whatever you want to go, but yeah. one of the top players and faces of the game and he gets to spend time with him in Aaron Judge too. So I just loved where the conversation went while we had the time with Jose. I did too. Um, going back to what you just started with, man, how phenomenal was it to get for uh, this young man uh, who really gets the game, how, you know, he was able to kind of take us inside, you know, of what the daily grind is and how his mind works in order to get to where he needs to go. Because every every athlete at that level, having having been one formerly, you know, you, you, you work your own plan to get where you need to go in order, if you're going to be successful. Thankfully, there was a good part of my career that I was successful, and it was through the strategy that, that, I, that I stayed and stuck through. This guy's doing a great job with that. But like you said now, I mean, the Aaron Judge scenario, also all the greats that he's had a chance to connect with, you know, Jorge Posada, Jorjito, obviously the, the kid's you know, favorite player of all time in, in Derek Jeter. I asked you, Scott, uh, Scotty, what do you think? You know, is, is Aaron Judge the next Jeter? I mean... It, Tenure-wise, he's going to fall short. I mean, they could probably, you know, they'll probably tie him up at the end of the season, whatever, 10-year deal. But do you see him in that type of potential? Well, that was going to be my first question, Oh, was, wait, is he signing with the Yankees? Because that's another <laughs> Maybe rabbit the, hole. He knows um, something. Right, right, right. No, right, I mean, right. I, I could see Aaron signing with the San Francisco Giants. Of course, let's Giants. say hypothetic. But, but if you're saying if, if he... Keeps Stays. the whole career going with yeah. the Yanks. Is he the Derek Jeter of this era for the Yankees? This era. Because of how he's handling sure. I mean, there's nobody even close to And especially this year, uh, where would the Yankees be without Aaron Judge? But yes, I think he is the Derek Jeter figure in terms of, and, and, and oh, in terms of his value to the team on the field. Right. I think he's even more valuable. He's a better player right now is his prime Ooh. than Derek Jeter is. Watch where I you're think. going now. Watch yeah, where you're going. I, no, I think <laughs> no, no, I stand by that too. I but, have to agree. You know what I'm saying? Much. But but no, it's for too Derek, much that he brings. Derek yeah. Yeah. Derek had, I mean, he's gonna have so many more rings and so much more winning over Aaron. Sure. I mean, unless sure. the Yankees go on some ridiculous run, yeah, like crazy okay, run to play out your scenario if Aaron Judge shines for the next 10 year, whatever, a 10 year deal. And he finishes the career with the Yanks and he plays, you know, 31 to 39 or whatever it is with New York. I mean, he's not winning 
five, six titles with the no, Yankees. I, I mean, yeah, so. you know how many titles he has right now with the Yankees? Zero. Zero. Correct. So in terms of the winning mentality, I, I don't, I mean, he just, he can't match the I guess overall team I'm resume, going... but also it's not a team. I mean, it's not an individual sport, so there's only so much he can do. Like look at the season he's had so far. What else can Aaron judge do? And also, I mean, they're most likely going to make the playoffs. So his impact, let's put it this way. His impact to the team in my mind is just as meaningful and just as impactful as Derek's was to the Yankees, in my opinion. And some might make the case just based on his actual playing that it's more impactful. Now, Derek might be more of, you know, more more of a leader or more of the example setter or whatever it is, or maybe we glorified some of that too much. It's, It's hard to compare some of the intangibles and off the field stuff, right? Like uh, as an attribute, yeah. like who's better, a better leader, who's better, you know, locker room presence. Who's well, who's, hey, you know, I don't have to tell you cause you live in this city. It's, the, it's yeah. New York. What I'm talking about is on the field, off the field in the clubhouse. And Derek, I think one of the reasons that they were so successful on top of the fact of having all the talent and the core four and Joe, and Joe Torrey, Joe, you know, Girardi is that you had this one centerpiece that could pretty much handle anything. And, and uh, A-Rod coming in, you know, that dilemma, um, you know, a bunch of other different type of nuances on and off the field that, that could, you know, shake a team. And I think he was the court. That's where I think uh, you know, Aaron Judge is coming in right now uh, and, and has the potential of, of, of putting it all on his big, you know, six foot eight frame. Yeah, of course. I agree. I mean, and, and again, like it's tough to compare them, especially as, as players like judges, you know, this year has been super healthy and he's kind of remodeled his, his prep and his routine to, to make sure that he stays on the field as much as possible. And some of that sometimes is luck too, right? You get it by sure. a pitch or whatever it is. No he's doubt. a big dude though. Jeter was very durable for a long time, you know, so he's going to have the longevity. I believe Jeter's career started a, a decent amount earlier than, than judge. Oh, but way, overall, way just, just and, shoving and everything hits. aside. He's the yeah. Jeter right now of the Yankees. Like right. if you just want to make it clear sure. cut and simple. Yes. Cause this is the other part. Some players come to New York or Boston or whatever, and they don't play as well. Or he he is, I mean, maybe he plays even better somewhere else. There's only so much better you can be, but he is built for playing in a world like this where everything yes. is on his back. He has to answer a ton of questions. He has to deal, and on top of that, to deal with the contract stuff this year. Yeah, yeah, he, right off he's, the bat. he's the man. And and to tie it back to Trevino, Jose was was quick to point out that he's an all-around baseball player, which I love too. You look at that body and you and you think, okay, this is just an all or nothing, you know, 50 plus homer, doesn't do much else, liability in the outfield, clogs the bases. Nope, none of that. Exactly the opposite. Right. So yeah. that's what makes him special. So yeah, I'm and Trevino gets I'm a big too. fan of, <laughs> of what season. Aaron's been able to do. Yeah. And and yeah. Jose is is gonna look back one day. He, you know, he's had a lot of fun <laughs> already, but he's also gonna look back one day and be like, Hey guys, I played with you know, the, the kids and the grandkids, the whole deal. I played with Aaron Judge. I spent yeah. we did dinners, we hung out, I did the whole thing around my studying. Trust so me, that was awesome. I'm already I'm already doing it about Barry Barry Bonds because I got the locker next to him for a couple of years. So it, it those type those type of players uh you will be telling stories about. Agreed.
Okay. Oh, so the other thing I want to do based off of our conversation with Jose Trevino is tie this back to Hispanic Heritage Month. And, oh, we have, oh, with us inside <laughs> the Legends Lounge, of course. And at one point, oh, well, it's probably in the wintertime, maybe when it's quiet, yeah. we can really dive into, dive in deep to the story of O. And there's there's ways that you can already do that if you if you Google him. But sure, just to give us a piece of what Hispanic Heritage Month means to you on a personal level. Uh, well, listen, it means so much. Uh, number one. Uh, I was born in, in, in Cuba, in Santiago de Cuba. So, you know, I, I came over to this great United States and I consider myself a, a, every, every bit of a, a proud uh, Cuban-American, like so many, you know, heritages that, that have come to this great country and, and have been accepted to, to build, you know, a life. So my parents realized that the scenario in the 60s and the late 60s that this wasn't looking real good with the communist regime and, and what was going on uh, as the story is told to me as a, you know, when I was six and beyond that they were pretty much coming after, they already had come after certain uh, people in my family, not for anything egregious of, you know, gun toting or anything like that. It was just, you know, kind of talking that they didn't like the regime and what it had transpired. I had an uncle that was uh, imprisoned for a couple of years before it. It's, a, it's another dramatic story that maybe one day we'll, we'll touch on. But the bottom line is that we had to get out. And we did got out through uh, some paying off some people through Mexico. The story took us to I mean, the journey took us to uh, New York City for a short period of time. Really, we settled in Miami where a lot of the Cuban exiles did. And where, where I think the Hispanic heritage, you know, strength for me I look back on is my mother, Elincel de Estrade, who, who was uh, basically young. I mean, she was like 40 when, when we left, when she was left Cuba. She had just had gotten her teacher's degree down there and was starting to become a, you know, a second grade teacher in, in Santiago. You know, you have to get ripped out of there, leave your family, come here. And she started all over, learned English, Scotty, went to school, got her teacher's degree, right? Uh, pretty much, you know, by going to school regularly and then started teaching, went to night school and got her master's degree wow. in teaching and ended up becoming teacher of the year once uh, in Miami. And, and uh, 45 years later was, you know, I, I, here's the catch with my mom. I have been in stadiums, predominantly, you know, over here at Tropicana Field, where people have come up to me. And, and uh, they go, oh, Mr. Stride. And I'm thinking they want my autograph. So they go, they go, no, um, how, how's your mom? Is she still alive? She was my fourth grade teacher at Coralway Elementary. And I'm like, and I'm talking about more than I'm at least a dozen times over the years where people are seeking me out. I've gotten emails where they've gotten my email from somebody who's somebody who's somebody. And they're asking about Mrs. Destrade. And that's how impactful. And you know how we've talked about, it, I think, before on the show. How you know certain people, certain teachers can be impactful. Well, this Hispanic lady, oh, by the way, tying it even more to Hispanic heritage, taught at Coralwell Elementary, the first school in the United States of America that had a dual curriculum of Spanish and English. What that means is that my mom was not a fourth grade Spanish teacher that she taught Spanish. She was a fourth grade teacher that taught everything fourth grade in Spanish, because it was such an ah. influx of Hispanics coming in that Miami uh, had the foresight 
to go, you know what? We need to create a, a curriculum that eases these kids in because they're just, they're not learning English quick enough. So, so while they're learning English, they're, lag, they're lagging behind on, on science, biology, uh, math, English, you know, I mean, all these other art, uh, different departments and, and, and curriculums that they need to learn. So that's what she was. So one day these kids would go to Mrs. Estrade in the fourth grade. And the next day they would go to Mrs. Jones or whomever. And they would, it, and it became a huge success. Certain places, you know, used this, especially in California, Texas, Arizona, and even over here in uh, Hillsborough County it has been reestablished recently. And I've given talks at school about how proud I am that, that it's been reestablished. Why, Scotty? Because of the influx of Puerto Rican young people that have left, you know, in the last few years because of the hurricanes and, and the things that they've had over there that, that a, a bunch of young families, young, you know, kids' families have been left needing to move and they've come to central Florida. So that's what Hispanic heritage means to me is people like that, that, that are of the culture. They've never forgotten it. You know, that I speak perfect Spanish. My mom would never let me forget it. And, uh, and, and I'm proud of being an American, but my goodness, you know, there's something there that, uh, you know, we should be proud of. And I'm glad the United States of America acknowledges that and gives uh, all Hispanics uh, this, this great time and this great month. That's really good stuff. Where you came from, how you got here, all involved in a month like this. Yeah, it's it's beautiful and, and it's to be celebrated. On a lighter note, Let's finish uh, with this week in baseball and September 17th, 1900 uh, what? Red shortstop. Yes. Tommy Corcoran. This is for me, at least. And I remember this story. Not I wasn't alive. Oh, no, well, I'm yeah, broadcasting like there, but I've no, I've always I, this one stuck with me when you hear about baseball craziness. So red shortstop is coaching at third base. That's how they did it back then in a game at Philly. And they uncover a wire in that coaching box at third base that leads across the outfield to the Phil's locker room. And that's where the backup catcher reads the opposing catcher signs and relays them to that third base coach Holy cow. by a buzzer hidden in the dirt. So you think that that's all fresh stuff that's dealing with the side stealing scandal 1900 years back. I mean, that's the good stuff right there. 1900 wanting to win has been around for i guess now we got to go centuries <laughs> yes 1900 <laughs> i love that <laughs> that's that's uh, for some i'm sure you're hearing about that one for the first time but anything i just said you can rewind or google it take a look but that is that is sign stealing gone too far well well before you probably thought even that thought stuff was it. going on so that's how we finish and again a special thanks to jose are they Kevin. allowed in the lounge who if you bring them back to life i'd bring them in the lounge for an interview about i'd have much more than just baseball to talk about if you're coming from 1900 but and like we said jose trevino welcome back anytime too he was he was great he's mature he's a professional so again a special thanks to a current player this week to switch things up. We do what we want. No rules here. Well, kind of the rules that we make inside the lounge. See you next week. The 
the Legends Lounge Podcast is brought to you by Major League Alumni Marketing. Hit us with questions or comments at legendslounge at mlbpaa.com. Check out our memorabilia at mlamauthentics.com. Later, Legends. Baseball Legends Lounge is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.